Oh, I got his ass now. <laughs> Do I have to be fast on the track? I hate that guy. This race can change the rest of your life. Those absolute clowns at 15bmx.com. Go on, do my best, and whatever happens, then it's good. My butt got stretched a little bit. I got a tight little butt. Look, I'm about to light this shit up. Coffee chatter live. Where you guys at? Oh, Canada! Coming out of the answer tent right now. Pop dog millionaire. Let's make some noise, Tory Nighthog. Whoa! Oh, we're up? Yeah, we're up. Wow. Just, um, that wasn't a good bring-in. For a year in review, that was the worst bring-in of the year. Show 181, 2022, a year in review. We're going to review the the good performances, um, what could have been better in 2022, the top races, the top tracks. We're just going to, we're going to review, we're, we're going to review it all. We're big review guys, you know, huge review, recap guys, you know, preview, recap. Um, yeah, today's your, your review. I think there's a lot to break down, a lot of fun stuff to talk about. Um, we're trying out a new segment uh, in this today's show. Some stories from the grandstands. We got some funny stories from fans that they emailed us in, so that'll be fun. Um, yeah, not the not the smoothest intro, but at the same time, actually, I had you muted for a moment, but I got everything you said after, so I think we're good. Okay. Well, yeah, it wasn't the greatest intro, but you know, we're looking forward to this show. We had a big year in the BMX world. I feel like we always do. I mean. Um, but especially for a year after the Osho, I feel like sometimes in the past, there's been a the year after the Osho has been a, a touch deflated perhaps, but this year, I don't think it was the case at all. Yeah, it kind of is a lot of the time, but this year wasn't even a little bit. Why do you think that was? No, I don't know, but it didn't seem like that whatsoever. There was no like Olympic hangover, none of that. It just seemed like a full gas year. It's like maybe because I guess when there's four years, maybe people have are a little more willing to take a little breather, maybe skip a couple of races, that kind of thing. But this year, maybe with the three, people are just like, nope, we're hammering it hard still. Maybe. How wild is it, how wild is it just this next year? Like in one week from now, it'll just be the year before the Olympics again. Dude, oh, we, just had, we just had them. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. You guys are all going to be trying to qualify. It's just, it's wild. Like, I can't believe it's, we're going to be like, yeah, next, the Olympics are next year. We're going to say that in a week. That is ridiculous. Yeah, we, we're, I mean, I, <laughs> our next show is going to be next year and our next show will be talking about the Olympics are in one year. So we're, we're a show away from us saying the Olympics are in one year. I, yeah, uh, it's weird. It's hard to fathom actually, to be honest. Um, hey. One guy that I think has a great chance of getting there is Jeremy Ren Carell, because he knows Pro Gate Europe starts with winning with a great gate. Scotland World Cup winner, first World Cup win of his career, was close in Australia and made it happen in, in Scotland earlier this year. So Jeremy Ren Carell, one of the best starters in the world, and he'll be he'll be um he'll be battling to get on the French team, no question. And you know, he's yeah, just like you said, he's gonna be practicing on a Pro Gate Europe. It's pretty simple. I don't know if you guys saw, but I saw skippers into the Pro Gate Europe Junior Backyard stomping grounds, just, you know, hammering gates. Like, these guys know, everyone knows, Jeremy knows that when he needs to practice and needs to get ready, he's going to a Pro Gate Europe. It's, only the, it's the only gate to practice on. I just thought of, dude, who, who's going to be on the French Olympic team in a year and a half? Oh, my God. It's, like, I mean. You got to pick, pick three guys out of Joris, Sylvain, um, Jeremy, Romaine, both, both Romaines and Pills. Pills. More. 
more or less, those are probably front runners. And you probably got Leo in there now because he's moving up to elite and he's quick. Yeah. So. Three guys. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, have fun. Have fun being the guy who has to pick all that. Yeah. You get fifth of the World Cup and you just drop points in standing. <laughs> <laughs> so are we, we're going after podiums only for the French team. That's all that counts these days. So speaking of, so I put Scotland World Cup. Do you realize that when we, so I know we this year we made a decision. I think it was this year or last year that when we have a World Cup, we're going to call it like the Holland, the the, the the Dutch World Cup or the the Scotland World Cup or whatever. Yeah. Instead of like Papa, instead of whatever Glasgow. But do you notice? Do you notice like when people talk about a foreign city or something where the races, they'll just be like, oh, you know, we went to that race in Canada, <laughs> or we went to that race in Argentina. Which is, it sounds funny because I know when people, after people came to Abbotsford for the World Cup, they're like, yeah, we went to the race in Canada. And it's like, well, Canada is a huge country. For <laughs> <laughs> Do you know the size of Canada? It takes eight hours to fly from coast to coast. Yeah, it's massive. Like you need a little more, at least give us like an East Coast, West Coast of Canada. But no, I know what you mean. I don't really know why that is. Maybe because some of the random places we go to, people wouldn't know the name if you said it. Like, yeah, I know. Black- I think if it's foreign country too like you, you you're not familiar with the cities probably so we just think oh yeah i went to england or whatever yeah. or argentina like oh yeah we got to go back to argentina it's like well argentina is a massive country too <laughs> i think if like we're talking glasgow people will probably say glasgow more than they'll say santiago del estero if you say glasgow yeah. there's a good chance people know what you're talking about if you say sde santiago people are like where the hell's that i have no idea but imagine every USA BMX race you go to, James, you just go, oh, yeah, that race in America. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, so uh, what race? Where Where in America? There's a lot of places we go to. Which one are we talking about? Um, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Happy Hanukkah or whatever whatever celebration or whatever holiday you're celebrating. Happy Holidays. Hope everyone had a good time with their family or is having a good time with your family. Did you have a good Christmas, James? I had a wonderful one. Thank you. You know, spent it spent the morning up in my grandpa's having a nice breakfast with the family. Um, chatting golf like I do with my uncle all the time. Wonderful things. And then uh, just chilled out all day. Had a nice dinner with the family at home here. Um, it was wonderful. Yeah, it was wonderful. What did you get up to? Yeah, we drove up um, to Savvy's family. They live just north of LA. We spent a few days there. I just feel like every Christmas, I just eat so much chocolate and feel sick. <laughs> I know what you mean, though. It's hard not to eat it. There's so much treats and candy and stuff everywhere. It's always in front of you, and you're just like, ah, fuck it, it's Christmas. Let's get up some more. <laughs> That's uh, one day I'm allowed to do it. We watched, we watched, uh, yeah, we watched a few Harry Potter movies. I like just hanging out and watching movies on Christmas. I think that's a fun thing to do. Christmas is like the one day that I do not feel bad about just coming home from like our family breakfast, sitting on the couch all day long, and not doing a single thing. Like I feel very comfortable, and like it's almost like it's what it's for. <laughs> and it was 80 degrees or 25 or 26 Celsius. So we went, we went to the beach and like hung out at the beach and. Savannah's brother went swimming. I didn't go swimming because the water is freezing. But we hung out on the beach and then we went back actually, walked on a different beach later. And did you see that story? What I was poking? Did you see that? I did see that. What the hell was it? There's sea anemones. Sea anemones. Yeah. It's like a form of a sea urchin or like what is it? I don't even know. What I don't is. know. I think so. I don't really know exactly, but it's got like tentacles and like you touch it and then it like, I don't know. I don't know the word. It like uh it tracks a little bit. Yeah, I think it's like trying to eat, eat you. Okay, like those flowers that you poke the flower and it's like all the... the, the yeah, but it's so funny. It's so squishy and its tentacles are really... <laughs> Dude, I didn't know, realize they're everywhere. Really? Like every, hey? like, they're everywhere, all over the place. That's insane. Where is that beach you showed a picture? I think it was on your story of all the seals. 
Oh yeah, that's just yeah, it's close to Ventura. That was pretty cool. That's a lot of a lot of big fat seals. I couldn't believe it. So you know, there's that in La Jolla in San Diego, you can go see the seals, but you're kind of you're not far, but like you're decent. You're up on the cliff away. away from them, yeah. No joke, we're so close to seals. It's probably three arms lengths. I could almost touch one. That's awesome. <laughs> that is so cool. Like they're all just hanging out on the beach and like cuddling, and then one of them would just walk all over the others, and they would just get yelled at by the other ones. It's pretty funny. Do they stink? Like, do they smell bad? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, figured so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if I mean, they're so cool. They're so cool. To just look at. It's crazy. They're pretty cool. They're just re- weird. Like they're they're kind of just giant slugs to me. You know what I mean? They're just big, giant, like uh, ocean slugs. And I don't really know the difference, but these were actually sea lions. I don't know the, exactly the difference between sea lions and seals, but there's a difference. And I, at La Jolla, they have both, but I think this beach was just sea lions. I think in like our Vancouver Aquarium, we have seals, so they're pretty small, more watery, like small, slim, like a fish. Not like a fish, but they move around quicker. I think sea lions are just big, fat sea lions. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea either, though. So big. They're so fat. <laughs> Oh, that's crazy. Uh, it's funny. So speaking of like all the chocolates you ate, I, I, at one point I got like mad at my mom. We had so much good food and treats around. I was literally like, I'm tired of having to force myself to stop eating all these sweets and chocolates and whatnot. I'm just going to get mad at somebody and be like, we don't need all this food, but it's just like, you know, it's just part of Christmas. I had to share that. It's just like, it gets frustrating to a point when you're trying to be, you're trying to be healthy. It's really tough in this time of year. I, I was getting frustrated last night because I had so many chocolates. Like the last couple of days, I felt sick and I was just getting frustrated. Yeah, it's, like, it's hard to stop. It's like, it's Christmas. You know what you're doing, but you just can't stop. Just like, give me some fucking vegetables. <laughs> I just see you grabbing a head of lettuce and just eating that. Seriously, right? Yeah. But yeah, I came home, got back to work today. Dude, I, I, so get this. Booked my flight to Vegas for the national in like three weeks or whatever. $41 return. 41? $41. That includes taxes, everything. $41. How is that possible? I don't know. And I don't know how the airline's making a profit. I like, really don't. Like the amount, obviously I'm guessing every ticket is not that price. And there's going to be a big fluctuation fluctuation of ticket prices. But like, you mean to tell me that the fuel that, that it costs to go to, even to Vegas, I know it's a short flight. It's like, whatever, a quick up and down. It's got to cost more than everyone paying $41. Yeah, I don't understand how they're making money, but $41, it's like a five-hour drive. It would cost me like three times the amount to drive with gas, probably. You're probably, 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 yeah, two tanks of gas, say. So it's like, what, 130, 140? Probably 140 with my truck, say. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be like three times as much to drive. Unbelievable. Yeah, it's it's crazy. $41. (laughs) What airline is it? Southwest spirit spirit. Oh my God. You can fly. Like I can fly. Like you can fly like LA or Sacramento or Vegas, Phoenix, whatever for like nothing. What do you, is it one of the ones where you got to like, if you were to bring a bag, it'd be a shit ton of money. Or if you have to use the bathroom, you got to pay to use it. Is it like pretty that? much, pretty much. Okay. <laughs> pretty much. But obviously if you're... you want to like, yeah, they probably charge you like five bucks for a seatbelt or like they probably charge you. Yeah. If you got to go to the bathroom, it's two fifty. No, not actually, <laughs> but basically, like when you when, you, when you're um, check like whatever you book online on the app, when you're when you're confirming and like moving through the thing, it'll it, there's like three screens that'll ask you, do you want a Wi-Fi? Three ninety nine. Really? Fucking something else. Four ninety nine. Yeah, it's crazy. Really, it's just like going to get a car at the uh, at the rental place. Just decline, decline, decline. <laughs> you just like just get me to the next screen. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
That's insane though. I don't understand that. That's how they do that. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'll be, I'll be in Vegas in a few weeks. Hell yeah. Did you, uh, did you see all the chaos with Southwest? I keep seeing it on the news. Yeah. So I saw it, I was watching the news this morning and apparently, I mean, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're getting sued, but people are pissed because apparently 90% of the flights that got canceled in the U S were are all Southwest. Unbelievable. Holy. How is it possible? I don't, I don't get it. They must've had some kind of technical computer glitch malfunction. Something must've been down. Like that's insane. How does that? Yeah. It had to been something like that. Cause I know there's been flight chaos. Like I know at Vancouver and Toronto too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Chaos. Like flights are getting canceled just because most of the continent is frozen and the weather's been horrible, whatever. So a lot of flights get canceled and whatever, but yeah, I don't know why Southwest, I don't know. Maybe they're flying to the places that are more canceled, but probably not. Like they're, I don't know, figure it out Southwest. Yeah. I don't really know either. Cause yeah, I think well, I saw Tyler Brown on his story, talked about his little chaos coming home before Christmas. I think him and yeah, the family. actually I saw, saw him today. He told me about it today. Yeah. So that was pretty wild. And then I saw like DB story, and he like was, I think he was on a Southwest flight to like Vegas, long story short. I think he ended up renting a car and just driving. Like he, he just like left and canceled his flight or something. Cause it was brutal. Yeah. At that point Tyler was like, just get me somewhere to SoCal and I'll drive. Yeah. <laughs> get me to yeah. the West coast and we're fine. That's all I need to get. Think about all the people that fly for the holidays too. I saw some guy's story. I, I follow too. He was at, was he, he was in Toronto and I think, and do the line to the baggage or like the help counter was a couple hours long and then it was like four hours long or something. He said in a story and then you couldn't even call Air Canada. They weren't even taking phone calls. And their kids, yeah, they're just getting like everyone calling them. They would be so overloaded. Oh my God. Just, just nightmare travel days. What a We've t- all had, oh. I mean, maybe we haven't had that extent or everyone hasn't had that extent, but everyone's had headaches with travel and it is just. <laughs> It's just, you're just strapped in for the ride. There's nothing you can do. You're just a pawn. You just, yeah, you are just a pawn. Like, I don't know what else, like other than trying to wait in the line or I don't know, trying to go online yourself, but I bet you like all, all the online stuff is working slow because the amount of people are trying to rebook flights and whatnot. I, people are crazy for trying to fly right around Christmas like that. Like you, you got to get lucky. I feel like to have something not go wrong. If I was really rich, I would just always fly private. Can you imagine the ease of that? You just like go on the runway and hop in the jet and go. You don't have to worry about going through security and like yeah, oh, festive times, shit so people. Yeah. Yeah. That would yeah. be the that would be the dream. Yeah. I mean, really, it really would. <laughs> yeah. Um, I had this idea I thought I'd share on the show. Um so we don't really have many retired numbers in our sport. I think we have we have Sam's number. And we have uh, Kyle Bennett's number. I think those are the only two numbers retired. Am I right? I believe so. I think so yeah. too. Okay. Uh, well, like in, in other sports, they retire a lot of guys' numbers when they retire from their team, right? But the number itself is not retired. They retire it from the team. Is that right too? Yeah. Like a lot of hockey teams, for instance, will retire them. So no one can wear like 19 with a Canucks or whatever. Yeah, exactly. I think we should try to get countries to start retiring numbers for their athletes when they retire that's cool i'd be a really respectful thing for like a legend too i think it'd be awesome because yeah i mean like like someone like yourself in canada when you retire why doesn't canada say okay nobody's allowed to take the crew number 49 now that'd be cool i think probably just it's just no one's thought about it i don't think anybody has either but i think it should be like a thing like we should find a way to make it a thing i don't know who would be the first to do it there wouldn't be a huge, like, you can't just put it up in the rafters because we have no rafters to to hold a jersey and say this number is retired. 
but it would be a cool way for countries to remember their riders a little longer. Just put my jersey on the side of Abbotsford's start hill. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that would be cool actually, because it's a be an instant respect thing. Like, like um, what's the word? Like showing homage or whatever it means to to like legends of the sport or people that have done a lot for the country in the, in yeah. sport. And then yeah, like you said, future generations like, oh, why can't we have this number? And they're like, oh, because it's so and so. I think that would be yeah. I think that'd be cool. And to add to that, I also think you. Like, I think in the sport, they should probably do that a bit more. Like, I think if you're like Olympic champion, like 11 should be retired or 81. I yeah, think. I was thinking about that too. Like, maybe we should start doing that. But I think it's a hard, it is hard when we have a, a set number of numbers for the rest of our sports history. So it's really hard to start retiring those numbers when I get it. Like, if somebody tries to take 11 now, it's going to be like, okay, what are you doing? Like, you're gonna need, you need to wait a good amount of time before you take 11 or you probably need to wait a good amount of time still before somebody takes 81 as their career number. Like I think Olympic champions definitely could have their numbers retired. Um, it'd be tough to start picking and choosing anybody else though. I feel like you couldn't. Yeah. Like even a world champion, you couldn't cause there's a different one every year. Basically. Yeah. I think the Olympic champion would be fair. Cause there's been, there's been what three Olympic champs and guys. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, three numbers and the guys are retired. I mean, that'd be cool. Cause then, yeah, I think that'd be fair. Yeah. Or even or even like in hockey and stuff too, they like they ret- retired Wayne Gretzky 99. I don't think they did it because of one thing he did. They just did it because overall he's just like the goat, basically. So you could kind of do it the same. You'd kind of be subjective, be like, okay, well, clearly Maris's number should be retired. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree with that. Although think how big the sport of hockey is in the world, and then they've only retired that one number from the, the league like our sport pretty if, micro i don't know if it's just the one that's just the one i know for okay. sure okay yeah fair enough. fair enough i mean that is one I, that's like iconic so you can't yeah i feel like i'm looking up really quick i feel like they might have retired 66 too for lemieux yeah yeah okay i would that'd be another one fair enough yeah are there any nhl numbers retired they have 175 retired numbers 175 what? That can't, that can't be right. <laughs> that can't be, you mean to tell me? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You can only have a double digit in these sports. That would be too right. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not right. What the fuck? That probably means NHL. It probably means like for teams. Like yeah. Team, yeah. Okay. Like teams. Yeah, that includes the teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. There's only one. There's only one. He, Wayne Gretzky is the only one number retired. Okay. That makes, because they only have obviously a choice of basically two to 99 because only goalies wear one yeah they don't really have so a lot of, yeah no but we have a lot more choice in bmx so you could you could do olympic champions because every four years obviously and whatever but you we don't do triple digits anymore either so we only have the same double digits and we have guys uh, and girls wearing the same numbers that's yeah it gets t- yeah i guess go back with the country the country may be a better idea you're right it's an easier option i think yeah that is an easier option yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know how we're going to make this one happen. Like we have a lot of random ideas and sometimes they end up coming through, but this one seems tough, but I actually really want to make it happen because the one thing I love about some other sports, especially like basketball, I don't watch it a lot, but they seem to have a lot of respect for their elders and people leaving and they give them like the, the send off. They almost quote unquote deserve and they've earned BMX. We do that a little bit. I think we started to see that a little bit in 2021 with like Graf retiring and a couple of other big names retiring. But I think we need. I think it'd be cool to do the number thing, just so future kids and generations understand. Like, hey, 
this is why this number who ran it, like why it's, why it's up on the rafters basically. Yeah. I feel like we could do a better job of that in BMX, maybe showcasing some people that retire instead of just kind of finishing and then putting a post on Instagram, like most people do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's hard. It's, it is hard, but I mean, if someone does that, I mean, it'd be cool if, you know, if they're a big name, like maybe the next race or next big race, there's like a little tribute. I don't know. And at least like, yeah, let's say, when did you retire? End of 2018, beginning of 2019, right? End of 2019. End of 2019. Okay. So then 2020 year comes around national champs that year. Canada like does, they, they bring you out to the race and they'd be like, Hey, we're going to have a little presentation to re- retire number 49. That would be really special actually. Yeah. So like that every be- country could literally do that. Yeah, that would be really cool. I think it'd be an awesome thing to do. Yeah. So who's going to be the next big name to retire? <laughs> Who do we need to start uh, contacting their country to do this? All right, let's think about it. Let's, let's project the next, reti- the next big retirement. Who's, who's left? Huh. And the guys oh. or the girls? Who do you want? Let's start with guys. Um, hmm. I don't want to say this because I got it wrong last time, but like, I mean, one of the older guys in the class now is Joris. That's what I was going to say too. I, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Joris and Sylvan. I'm looking at the world cup overall ranking. Joris and Sylvan are the two guys in the thirties. The first two. Uh, yeah. I, so I feel like when Corbin retires, he's just going to like, just kind of stop and just not really post anything and then just kind of be with his fam and, <laughs> and just low key it. And I think that would suck. Like, come on. Like that's brutal. If he's like, I mean, he's one of the legends. He always will be just for his riding style, the way he rides and all that. Like, champ. Yeah. You mean to tell me U.S. can't retire that number? Yeah. Yeah, they should retire 11 and 24 probably. George, uh, George Kruiskamp in the YouTube says numbers could get a 16-year retirement, so four Olympic cycles. Would that mean like retired for those, I guess, 16 years? I think you just if you're going to retire, I think you just got to do it. I like the idea. I like it. I like both it is. Someone said a lease for retirement. Yeah. Or Mariana. Those are, I. yeah, I think I wouldn't be surprised if those happened after Paris, I would think maybe, I don't know. And I think obviously those are clear answers for two people where the country should retire the number at least. Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't see Elise retiring anytime soon because she's still killing it in, on the U S circuit. So it's just, why would, why would you stop if you're, if you're enjoying it and making a good living and winning, I mean, keep going true and that's why although sylvan and joris are the older two guys and that i was looking at i also don't see them stopping anytime soon just because they're doing the exact same joris has a second wind he seriously does man he's flying yeah. he's got a great attitude about it, it seems like he's just living yeah well simon retired from usa bmx so do we count simon usa bmx can uh, retire simon's number yeah simon <laughs> retired after salt lake city this year he said he's done he said you know what i got the world champs i'm just gonna do world cups now and uh, olympics is fine all right so we get into a year in review of 2022 let's uh let's do it we don't have any theme music but let's let's do it 2022 what a year so what what was your personal highlight or like in bmx what was your highlight of this year what was my highlight um so when I was with the, the Tulsa fam, we kind of looked back and we gave a highlight from what we enjoyed most from the year and whatnot. I enjoyed my trips with, uh, with a quote unquote, my Tulsa fam with Sylvan, Laura and Molly, because I went mm-hmm. to three races with them. Sylvan missed one. And the races I went to with them were just good fashion, having a good time on the road with friends and then going to mm-hmm. race our bikes and nothing about it 
felt like there was any pressure or seriousness, obviously seriousness to race well, but there's no pressure. Mm -hmm. And that was to me like, that's, I think what we all look forward to when we go to a BMX race, a BMX trip is just being with friends, having a good time, but also going to race hard and enjoy it. And, um, so I saw that. I saw your little the note here. Like, what was your personal highlight? That those trips were my highlight. It's really weird. Like, didn't have the best results in the World Cup circuit. I could have said maybe like national championship. That was a great one. I enjoyed that this year. Um, yeah. But the race I just had fun at racing with with good people. That was those are the highlights for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of time it's the it's the fun you have away from the track that makes it makes it special. Honestly, a lot. I, I agree. A lot of the time it is. It's like we do little family dinners and reminisce on the day. And we do that with our national team too. Like that's part of what we do, but like doing it with a small group. And then I remember even for Thanksgiving, we, we did, you were there with us and we did a little uh, toast. Yeah. We had a little toast and said grace and just for fun. And it was just a good time. It's good. Wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that was good. What about you? What was your personal highlight of the year? I had a busy year and I, I was been fortunate to work with a lot of, and, and still work with a lot of really great riders. I think the, I think the highlight for me was, um, helping Molly win her first World Cup in Papano this year is special because we worked on some details and obviously she had a good weekend in Scotland and then um, good first day in Papadale and tidied up a couple of things for the second day. And I remember I, I was in Phoenix doing a clinic and I woke up early to watch her, um, watch the semi in Maine, I think. And um, yeah, just seeing her, just seeing her win, knowing how much work she put in the off season. And that was really special for me to help a rider win a World Cup. That was, that was really cool. That'd be huge as a coach. Like that's the pinnacle. That's just like, that's your high. Like, yeah, no wonder. Yeah. That was really cool. That was special for me. And I was so happy for her to accomplish something like that. That was awesome. What kind of celebration did you give behind the screen? Was there a fist pump? Was there a little yell? Yeah, I was, I was fist pumping. It's like, (laughs) it's like, it's like how you, it's like how you think you're to go. It's like watching the live stream on my phone. (laughs) Just throwing the arm. Come on, let's go. (laughs) You're like talking about blocker, blocker, blocker. Yeah, that was cool. That was that was probably my highlight of this year. I think um, obvious answer, and it's most recent, so maybe it's by. Oh fuck, man! I got a couple more. I was gonna say Grands. Grands was huge. That was a great one. Just I love it. That was the first year I said it before that I just had the most fun at Grands. But dude, I went to the home of golf this year. Uh, no big deal. Not if That's you, they, cool. No, not if you heard of it. Uh, so that was pretty sick little course named St. Andrews. I don't know if people have heard of it. Yeah. Home of golf. Have you heard of it? I've been there. Have you? I have. It doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it was, that was unreal experience. One I'll remember for my life. That's so cool. Yeah. That's some, that's yeah. That'd be on my bucket list to go. Yeah. Um, but we'll keep it BMX related. What was the, what's the first like non-personal thing? Let's say just first BMX thing that comes to mind when we're talking like, you know, big moment of the year, highlight of the year in BMX kind of picture like Jeremy winning his first world cup in Scotland and then Sylvan casing the first jump at the world championships final. Those two memories just popped into my mind. Cause I think Sylvan, I think Sylvan could have won the worlds this year, obviously messed up the first jump. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I think seeing Jeremy win in Glasgow was really cool. I mean, he had it hard last year and a half missed the Olympics was injured a lot last year. Um, was close in Australia the year before and Connor passed him. I feel like it was a long time coming for him and, and just like a, good stamp on that kind of goal accomplished and move on. He, I don't think there was one person that was like upset about him winning. That was kind of like, damn, he won. I was hoping oh, yeah. somebody else. Everyone was like, God, like man, nicest, one of the nicest guys on the circuit and just well, works his ass off and then got it done. It's pretty cool. 
Yeah, such a nice dude too. Like no, there's he would never say anything bad about anyone. No, that's yeah. I mean, his his English, you know, has gotten better, so maybe he'll start, you know, spitting some game or getting pissed off at people for fun. You know, I'd like that, but no, he doesn't ever. So it was cool. I hadn't seen him since Australia in 2020, and we got to hang out quite a bit at the Grands. It was fun to hang out with him. I I really like Jeremy. Yeah, it's cool. He's a nice guy. Um, what was your highlight for me? What, you, what kind of for you? Yeah, for me, it was the the Worlds in France. That was like. So I didn't race it. I got, I was pissed off for a bit, but I was, I think I did a good job, you know, just saying whatever it is, what it is. I'm just going to go enjoy. I'm, I'm still a BMX fan at the end of the day. And just watching the world was unbelievable. Like the venue, the atmosphere. If anybody ever tries to say BMX is, you know, on a downslide or it's not doing, doing well, like you're lying to me and you weren't at the world to see how much the French fans were going wild during the races, how awesome the finals were there. The atmosphere was incredible. Like, Everything about that that was was just unreal. Yeah, and if we talk about BMX race weekends of the year, like is in, <clears throat> excuse me, like overall the best weekends. I wasn't in France, but that looked like the best week of, week of the year, no question. I think so. Like everything was went off like very well, myself not included. But everything like their the track play I think played out great for racing. I I think for amateurs as well, but for the pros it worked out. I thought it was going to be pretty small, pretty like not much passing, nothing going on, but there were great races that came from it. Yeah. I think the track raced better than I thought too. There's quite a few passes, even on the second half of the track, I felt like it'd be pretty single file, but it wasn't, there was still a lot of action in the last corner. I think the high level racing, regardless of the track, people just find a way to make passes. They find a way to get it done. Like I think you could pretty much make any track or put any track for a, for a big race weekend, the grands worlds Olympics, whatever. And it's still going to be good. It doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like how often does the track really play a factor? It, it doesn't really. No, it's, it's only once you get to the micro level or small hill micro level that it really makes a difference. We're not at that level. We're not good. They're not going crazy micro small. It's always a good standard. And yeah, when there's something on the line, people will go for anything and it'll make it exciting. You just, the best people find a way. And yeah, you might have some tracks that suit people more, but really at those races, the best people always do well. It doesn't matter. That's true. Yeah. They always find uh, a way through. That, that elite men world championships final two was fucking incredible. The amount of people that could have won that lap is that's it's the one of the better world champ mains I've ever seen. You, it's one of those ones you can watch different people and you're just in awe the whole time. Like obviously some of them you're in awe because they crashed at the beginning and you're like, you can't believe that's happening. But like you're, you're coming out of the first turn, you're watching like Kai white and then you're watching Eddie and then you're watching Simon and then Joris is in the mix there too. It's like, there's so much that happens the entire lap. It's nuts. I think like the two that come to mind, that one in Rotterdam, I think were really exciting. Yeah. Rotterdam was too. I mean, yeah, that was exciting because it was an explosion. Yeah, because obviously Sam passed Connor in the second. Like, I think that lap probably would have been sim like similar in a way, but I think those two come to mind as really exciting world champ finals the last, like, 10 years. But definitely this one was fantastic. Yeah, I'm just thinking about it. There are a lot of good ones, though. You think 2015, uh, Neek winning, that was, yeah. that was great. That you look at 2016, other than Neek and Joris up front, like, the battle in the back was chaotic, but it never really got shown that much. And then, like, Nick going from, like, I don't know, 6th, 7th, 8th to 3rd. That was crazy. Uh, yeah, 2017, I guess, was kind of, like, cool. Corbin won, but it wasn't anything crazy. 2018. Always exciting. It always, it's always yeah. exciting. I think in terms of, like, you have no idea who's going to win and shit is happening. This one was all time. Yeah. That was nuts. That was nuts. That's probably my race of the year. 
if we're talking, yeah, is that Miami coming? Hundred percent. That's the race lap yeah. of the year, I think, in terms of excitement. Yeah, yeah, I think I got to be my race of the year. That one, that was insane. Yeah, yeah. Well, that was my lap of the year. That's I'm gonna say that's my lap of the year. Yeah, like race lap of the year, lap of the year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because I was get yeah. Because I think too, barring a couple guys, you pretty much had the eight best guys also. True. Yeah. Like obviously Neek was Neek wasn't in the main. Yeah, he wasn't in the main. So you're missing Neek, obviously. Mm-hmm. But kind of other than him, I think the best guys made it. I mean, yeah, at that specific time, it seemed like that was because, I mean, yeah, every one of those guys seemed like they were having great years so far. Yeah, there's not really one guy in there you could say like, oh, he wasn't like you know one of the top guys. There's all the top guys that were in there. Yeah, pretty good. Even like you look at the women's race, I think it was less exciting, of course, but there's still excitement there with Felicia winning and the coming down to the wire too. So world's. Yeah, and I feel I feel like Felicia too. This is just a long time coming. <laughs> like I feel like she, it's it's a race she could have won a long time ago. So I think probably some some good relief to to win that because I yeah I feel like I feel like she was always going to win. In my opinion, she was always going to win one of those races. It's only a matter of when, not if. True. Yeah. True. Um, if we're, yeah, if we're talking women's, like, let's say lap of the year race, lap of the year, what do you, what's your top pick? <sighs> Honestly, the world is kind of the first one that comes to mind too. Yeah. For me, for me, I think the world's world's or, I mean, Mariana's lap in Colombia was the second day of the last weekend, I think mm-hmm. Sunday of the weekend two, of Columbia two. Yeah. I think just the fact she did it at home was pretty spectacular. Like straight up whole shot one was, was really impressive. So that one really stands out to me too, in terms of a lot, probably didn't have the excitement in terms of like battling and stuff, but just cause she did it at home and, and really put it together when she needed to, that was really impressive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was kind of uh kind of my go-to in my head, recency bias a little bit, just because it was the last one. But the fact that she stepped up when she hadn't really, I don't think she'd won a race. Well, she hadn't won a world cup all year. And she hadn't, really shown, she hadn't really shown that she had the speed to beat like Laura and the other top women, you know, like she, it's all obviously in her. She's won a ton of them, but recently she hasn't, she hasn't had the speed to battle with them on the first straight. Like she has in the past. So she really didn't, but then I'm just looking back at it too. I mean, like she just, it was unbelievable what she did. She's such a champion. She yeah. can do that. Yeah. It was yeah, pretty wild. Awesome. Uh, that one was definitely my top pick. I think also the, the battle we had at the beginning of the year with Laura and Zoe, was it's not like one specific lap but they're like i think it was glasgow day two uh and was it zoe was ahead laura had to catch up and make a pass like it's pretty good yeah um i'm trying to make sure i got that race right because somebody's if i get that wrong somebody's out there just yelling you're gonna have a dm from jaspers in the morning no i'm pretty sure that's what happened if i'm remembering correctly like that's why i'm bringing it up because shit (laughs) was it hold on shit um I, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Everyone, hold your horses. I'm getting an individual wrong, and I just know it. I'm just going to go look. I can't look at the race. Hold on. I'm holding my horses. I know you're holding on with great intent. Um, let me just make sure. Number. Oh, okay, it was that's where I got wrong. It was Bethany that was out front, I think. Did. What day did she get passed? Was it the second day? That would have been the second day. Thank you. There we go. That's all I need to know. Yes, it was. Yeah, the second day was the second day, right? Yes, because yeah. the first day Laura whole shot it. She had a fantastic start, and Zoe was on her ass the whole time, but Laura took it. And the second day, 
on yeah. a ProGate Europe. On a ProGate Europe. And then the second day, Beth popped one off on the ProGate Europe. And then Laura snuck around and faster. All right, so let's slide into the most electric performance of 2022. We got to pick one. One electric performance. One electric performance. Do you want to go first? No. Crap. <laughs> um, let's think. Okay, if I had to narrow it down, I'd probably say Jeremy oh, and Scott. I got mine. Okay. I would say if I had to narrow it down, so thinking out loud, Jeremy and Scotland, I think Cam in uh, Bogota. When I just take it, now you're just taking mine. Yeah, that's yours. Okay. <laughs> that one. And I'd say Simon at the, at the world. So it was a pretty damn good performance in the main. That was damn good. Just off pure electricity. For me, it was Cam Wood because I would say too. Yeah. He mesmerized me with the start in the final. Or his his start was just like I just googly eyed over that. Yeah, that's dream stuff right there. So I think yeah. I I think Cam probably too. Yeah, and I mean he, I I would probably say his performance at the Grands too was pretty damn electric. If we're talking overall, I think that one that one was. I think maybe that one him at the Grands. I was kind of combining the two in my head, but I was taking the or the Bogota as like the the first first answer there. But yeah, like he performance so well that it was just like you can't tell me that's not electric how well he was racing and starting or or at least of the grands too going three for three with all the different lanes i hate to say it but she's like she's in that boat now constantly that if that's her normal almost that's the thing we can't so bad to say sweep it under the rug like we just expect it because that is fucking unbelievable what she did so on a first straight like that so that one that was unreal against laura and molly when you got to go yeah, when you got to start outside in one of the mains and she's still whole shot it in one. I mean, that's pretty damn electric. Pretty nuts. Pretty freaking nuts, if you ask me. Yeah. Dominant. Yeah. Okay. We, so, wait, what do you do? Do we have a, um, like, we're going to throw a bunch of different things. Do we have like a best blast of the year? Best, best move? Now we're talking. Best takeout. <laughs> Let's think. Let's go best like blast or best takeout, not move. Like it doesn't have to be a pass. Like someone just getting absolutely sent. I got two that come to mind, but I'm a, I'll, I'll just say one of them. One of the best moments of the year was, was the 17 to 20 X semi at the grants. When the guy T-boned the guy in the last corner and then he fucking <laughs> ass over tea kettle the last jump and then got passed. Electric in a different way. Um, I was trying to think of a blast. Did I say a blast? I can give you a couple explosions and a blast. Let me just run through a couple. Think of like a, a specific blast. There was the um, there was the one at Bogota. I think Booty put um, Ross. Oh, my God. Yes. Okay. First turn. Yeah. That was insane. But that was like a spectacular finish. The The initial blast wasn't anything crazy. Um I, would say that I think the world's last turn had some. I just can't remember who. I think it was more in the amateur ranks, but I don't remember for sure. Yeah, okay. Or some. I remember watching some like quarters and semis in junior or E23. There were some good ones. Michael Bias had one on um, on Big Q, Quillen Isdor at a Euro round in Stuttgart. That was unbelievable. We can't call Quillen Isdor Big Q because Big Q is Quentin Calderon. I know, but I never. I know. I know Big Q, but like we switched. It was called to the, large. Call him large Q. <laughs> large. <laughs> I would just tall Q. Yeah, tall Q or large Q because big Q is, is Calorie. Okay, we're calling him tall Q. Okay, so tall Q. Just like big, we can't call Dave Vandenberg big Dave. It's big Davo because big Dave is Dave Herman. 
That's true. I agree with that too. Yeah. Big Devo. Yeah. yeah. Um, so those are two good ones. Um, mm-hmm. There was a NAR. Oh, this one wasn't a blast. And it, it I think, uh, who, who was it? Uh, Patty had an ejecto Cito at Papendal, but somebody slammed in front of him or with him. And that's why he ejectoed. And I, I who was, that was the second it? Was yeah. That the second one of yeah, the Swiss was- boys. I, why was it Bruner? I think it was Bruner that, that ate it. And I, he's okay now. So why is it always a Swiss guy? <laughs> I mean, yeah, twice now it's in two of these, it's Swiss guy, but so this wasn't a blast, but I think one of the best moves of the year was Isaac's second turn. I want to say it was a semi in pops. Or did I remember showing you he carved like three feet above the chalk. Right. Right. I think you showed me that or told that me about it. It was fucking unbelievable. So that was one of the best moves I think this year. Yeah, that was a good one. Really good one. Or uh, yeah, that was a good one. Yeah. It's not really a move, but Kai's uh second straight to last straight in Bogota that there was a video of. I think it was in a quarter or semi. Unbelievable. Yeah. Made people look like some fools. That was that was yeah, I don't even know if that was it's a, yeah, I don't yeah. have a word for it. That was a good one. Um okay, so best racers of 2022, male and female in USA BMX and on the UCI circuit. So we kind of got to separate it, I feel like. That's fair. I yeah, have, that's fair. I mean, I guess we kind of voted on it, but we could just say to who we think personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. Okay. Let's start with USA BMX. Uh, recency bias, Cam Wood. Um, just the way he finished out the season. Although I think Isaac put in a good run for that on the versatility of his races and his results. And on the women's side... Um, I give Laura a lot of credit for going eight for eight on the, the races she attended before the grants. Yeah. See, this is tough because the grants has so much weight. It does. That's it's like, you, you can't not put anything on it. Like, I think if you look at the race, if you just count the grants as like the a race basically and look overall, I feel like, I feel like Josh was because he was leading the series and he had the most wins and everything. So I feel like Josh was, mm-hmm even though obviously the grands didn't go well at all for him. And I know recency bias would say cam, especially with Bakersfield and the grands. But I think that the whole year, I'd probably say Josh for USA BMX and for women. Yeah, I'd probably, it's tough, but I think I'd say Laura too, because she went eight for eight, even though she didn't win the title. It's pretty amazing. No question. Um, Speaking of Josh, have we heard any news on team rides? We heard anything. I haven't heard a thing. Nothing. Nothing. Hey, um, I heard, heard a peep. Obviously, the the source, my source on the uh, Spencer Cole was right. He went to Supercross, but you know it's weird. We kind of already know. I think um, we do already know that uh, Isaac hasn't really posted anything about being on Chase yet. I guess maybe he's waiting for the new year. I don't know, but I think he went on um, what's his name's YouTube page. He probably said it on there. He did an interview on. Kind of, kind of his world pod, YouTube page, and they did a video, and he probably he probably said it on there. Okay. Anyways, I like silly season. Sorry, get caught up. All right, Supercross or yeah, UCI Supercross men and female. I mean, I would say Lauren Sylvania, same as 15 BMX head, same what people voted as. Hard not to. 
Like, I think every year Laura comes into the season and people are like, is this going to be the year she's not as dominant as she is? And that's been going on for a good four, six, like eight years now, probably six years to be like six years of people being like, okay, this is the year. Maybe she's not going to be as good as her dominant as she was. And she just is every time. It's crazy. Yeah. So. All right. So looking at BMX as a whole, what were some cool things that happened? this year in the BMX world, just maybe random stuff we liked completely random, not biased one bit. Our coffee chatter live show at the grands. <laughs> it is turning into an absolute staple. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's an annual show. That's going to need its own stage and platform soon because we are just, we're taking up too much room. It's becoming a problem because there's people can't walk by. There's so many fucking people there. It's crazy. It's packed house. People can't deal with it. You know what? In all honesty, I, it would be better if we could have it, if we could have it somewhere where people could actually gather a bit more. I don't know. I don't know how we do that, but because it's, it's in the middle, <laughs> there's like a decent amount of people there, obviously. And then people stand in the, in the hallway and people, you know, I know exactly how we're going to do it. Okay. Do tell, you know, that big stage with the trophies, with the big red USA BMX truck, we're just going to be up on the stage next time. Love it. Justin Wall, if you're listening, I know you're listening to this, Justin. We got to lay this groundwork now. Chris Luna, Justin Wall. Come on, boys. <laughs> We're going to do it at the USA BMX rig. There, at the time we do this show, our annual show, 1 p.m., with time we do this, no trophies are being handed out there, I don't believe. Perfect nope. opportunity to take, take use of that space. We were corralling a little area, and we're just <clears throat> sitting up on, a, like on the stage there. It'd be perfect. Boys, we got to make it happen. We don't have we to bring the speaker all the way over to the, the answer S squared pits. Even though they're going to be a bit bummed that we're not in front of their pits probably, but you know. We got to, yeah, it's, we got to upgrade. We got to upgrade for the audience. Yeah, we're upgrading next year, I think. We got to do this. For, Come on. The viewing capacity. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that was us. That was really fun. Yeah. And it's cool that we did, yeah, the last two years, that was, that was really cool. It's awesome that we have obviously supportive listeners that come listen because there's a part of me that before each show, I'm like, fuck, what if nobody comes? And it seems like that when we're setting up too, because you know, people don't come and wait for like five minutes. So that's, no, yeah, yeah. it's like people probably look at their phone and be like, it's like, Oh, let's say it's 10 minutes after the hour. They're like, Oh crap. They're doing that show. Let's go watch for a bit. And then they come. So it's like at the beginning, it's always a little nerve wracking. Yeah. So that that's really cool. And it's cool to know that, you know, we have, we actually have listeners to the show that that supports. It's cool, really cool. Um, what else was cool in the in this this year in the BMX world? I think the Tulsa Supercross race was pretty cool. I, I just thought that was kind of a special one. Yeah, of cool things like I what you have written down here too. Tyler's whole shot challenge, like that to me is just it's it's a standout, it's a unique thing yeah. that was done this year and that was put on and done really well. So that was that was cool, very cool. Yeah. Kind of those one-off races I'm a big fan of. Yeah. Um, cool things that happen in the sport. What else was just a random cool thing? <sighs> I feel like not much, not much random cool stuff happened. I, I don't want to sound negative, but I don't think there was any. I feel like there wasn't a whole lot of like, I don't know. Was there anybody giving somebody else something? Oh, random cool thing. Uh, Nick, Nick and Simon at the finish line, their little celebration. Like that's randomly cool. Thought that was they swapped jerseys there. Yeah, that is cool. I just don't find it unique because it, you know. Okay, fair. But it, you're right. I didn't say unique. I just said cool. So yeah. Um. I mean, there are is cool stuff, but I was my point with this is what are I was thinking? What are some like 
unique cool things that maybe got added or happened. The press conferences at the at the World Cups. Yeah, it's a good one. It's a good one. That can't count it. That's a good one. That's put it up on the board. <laughs> count it. Uh, us, I'd say like us, like giving Nick the idea to then Nick going on his own to raise a shit ton of money for that. Like that's that's cool. Really cool. Yep. Definitely cool. Put that on the board. Um. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm out. Do we get shouted out by anybody random? Having Bub on the podcast, having Finn on the podcast, random guests like. Oh yeah, Finn. That was cool to have Finn on the show. Yeah, that was that was bitching to me. That was really fun, actually. He was super into it. I was I was interested to learn about uh, more about downhill because I didn't know much about it. Yep. Do you feel like so when you, when people find out you like race BMX? Do you get the question? Oh, do you ride mountain bikes too? Because I get it all the time still. Instantly, they well they ask about other things other than like the actual sport because they don't know anything about the sport. <laughs> so like, do you also mountain bike? I'm just like, no, I don't at all. Oh, so you must like do you must ride the mountain the trails up there on the north on North Shore? You must be riding those trails all the time. Or do you go to Whistler and ride the bike park? No, like there's no, no BMX I, track up on the bike no, park. I don't. Yeah, no, I just don't. No, I don't. <laughs> I'm like, oh. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay, cool. But uh, yeah, so BMX is awesome. I, I, re- I know what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like, no, you don't. I feel, I feel like, too, as BMXers, there's this pressure that we were, we're supposed to ride like trails and dirt jumps, too. And if you don't, it's lame. Do you find that? Because I, I certainly do. Yeah, yeah, a little bit, I guess. Because people's expectation of what BMX is is not racing still yet. It's still like the classic freestyle skate park, but dirt think- jumps. That kind of thing, probably. And I think they uh, associate it to mountain bike slope style, which is very different from us. But yeah. I feel like also racers that ride trails think it's lame if you don't ride trails. Kind of, yeah. There's like the, there's a little bit of a separation in our sport where the people that have the quote unquote fun and do the fun things, like, like ride the trails, ride their bike for fun, don't train. Look at the people that, you know, like to train and maybe not ride trails all the time because they like to be on a good, strict, you know, schedule and plan. They're like, oh, those guys are so lame. It's like, well, no, it's to each his own. Like, I mean, I love riding trails, but I also l- really enjoy and find a lot of pleasure in sticking to a plan and executing a plan week in, week out and feeling like I'm trying to improve. But it doesn't mean I don't love riding trails. It's like, I just don't do it as often because of that. Yeah. And riding dirt jumps is, I mean, it's, and trails is really good for bike skill and stuff, but like I, I didn't grow up on it. So Obviously, the jumping style is a bit different. Never felt super comfortable. Didn't just didn't enjoy doing it. So I was like, no, like I'm just I'm here on the track here to go as fast. <laughs> I don't really care about anything else. I feel like your background of bikes is very much BMX racing specific, hey? Yeah, yeah, for okay. sure. Yeah, it's funny too because like obviously you knew where I grew up. It's like right of right below a forest where there's awesome mountain bike trails. Yeah. I just never cared. Yeah, I, no, I get that. Yeah. Um, but it's funny. It's like, you're not, are people going to go to Tomac and be like, yo, come, come just like, come just shredded at fucking Glamath dunes with us. And if you don't, you're <laughs> no dude, he's, he's like, no, he's a, he's a racer. Yeah. It's what he likes doing. It's what he does. He's a motocross racer, a supercross racer. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing with racers. Anyway, it's like if they get out and they have some fun, like they do it on their free time. And you, yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah. But it's not the sport, obviously. Yeah. yeah that's a good point. I actually never really think about that, but. Interesting topic. Yeah. It, the interesting like, topic on, to me is like, on, or come on, Lewis Hamilton, come fucking jump these monster trucks with us. Yeah. It's like, well, <laughs> well, no, it's not anything that I do. Yeah. Um, 
obviously like yeah riding trails like dirt jumps is huge for bike skills um bike awareness airtime all that kind of thing but to me the jumping styles are completely different couldn't be more different if you ride a set of trails i don't want to say how they're meant to be ridden but like with trying to get the most airtime and have the most fun go as high as possible and flow the jumps you do a lot of pulling back off the lips and yes, you do. You you know you dive into the landing, but you're pulling back all the time. Racing, I mean, there's not even a little bit of pulling back off a lip ever, unless you're having fun with the boys and trying to throw whips and whatnot. So it's very different. The jumps are built completely different. The jump, like dirt jumps, aren't meant to for us to push through and go fast and like dip our back end. You're meant to go straight up and straight. Yeah. It is funny when you go to like a. As you start riding trails with somebody that's only rides trails and you're a BMX racer and they kind of like, Oh, you, you're probably not, you're gonna have a tough time getting through these set like the first time. But if you just go full racer at a set of trails, the jumps are so small. You go, you can case like every jump and still make it through if you really wanted to. Yeah, I know. Obviously there's some big ass trails out there, but generally, yeah. And you think about it, like if you look at some pro sections, like we've all done, they're literally a set of trails, pretty much just an enormous set of trails. Yeah, that's true. Honestly. Yeah. The lips, the landings, like everything's like, if you want to look at, um, Shepperton, like it's obviously that if you go really slow, that's just a set of four trail jumps, basically for a BMX race bike. <laughs> straight up. Yeah. You yeah. just flow those. So casual. It's same like with the, the Beijing girls second straight, like if you go super slow, you could just flow those like trails too. Like, cause you can kind of pull back, go slow, catch some air. Yeah. Or like the old Copenhagen second straight, like the third one, super tall and steep and short. That was, that would be a perfect one. Like I think, yeah, dirt or sorry. Pro sections back in the day were more of a, a lip and a landing only, and then riding trails was more beneficial. Nowadays, I mean, things are so rolled over. They're so mellowed out. You don't need those those specific skills as much. No, you don't. And I mean, I think it's good. Like, if you want to supplement training with that, it's not going to hurt you. No, and it's obviously a lot of fun, too. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, what could have been better in 2022 leading into 2023? Like, what, what do we think could have been better? Could have been better. You know what? Building off actually what you cool, what you thought was a highlight, like a cool thing that happened is the the press conferences, I think, mm-hmm. need to start being filmed on YouTube live and for people to watch afterwards as well. So that's one thing I think we need to start building off of. We're just going to keep beating this drum. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Boom. Is that... <laughs> that needs to happen. It needs to be live streamed on YouTube. And I mean, let's just, I mean, we've talked about it, but the prize money. Oh my for, God. The, the prize money was honestly, it's sad, but it was outright laughable at some races. Um, yeah. There's, so been, that was, there's been inflation in the world. It's time the inflation kicks in on our paychecks for the races. We're just in, we've just been in a steady BMX deflation for so long. <laughs> Oh, the prize money used to be so much better and life used to be so cheaper and life's gotten way more expensive and it's just gotten worse for yeah. BMX. It's just unbelievable, really. Tickets to go to Europe used to be like a thousand bucks and now they're a minimum two grand and you're just like sick. This is awesome. I'm loving it. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, do we think that's going to improve prize money? Like, in honest opinion... I haven't seen something that said, I'm, opt, I'm always optimistic and I, I, I hope it does, but I haven't seen something that's like, yeah, it's going to, it's going to improve. I really don't either. Like there's not, we've pushed for it. We've made, we've said it, we've brought it to the UCI. There's nothing from them that 
I get the feeling that next year that the standard minimum payout is going to be any higher. I don't, unfortunately. It sucks to say out loud, but the facts. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's because the problem is too. People will just keep people like, especially with the Olympics coming up. But honestly, the thing is, I think a big problem is a lot of people just don't care, and they just want to go to the Olympics and they'll just be like, "Yeah, we're going to World Cups." And like, obviously, they don't care about making a living. They just want to go to the Olympics, and they're just kind of like, "Yeah, whatever." Sucks, eh? That's true. I don't doubt it. It's not true. Oh, if twenty people are like this is crap, like okay, well, there's 150 people that we could just send instead. (laughs) So incredible. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Real tough out there. Um, the grands, the two day rock, just can't can't be a thing going forward. And I don't know, I'm gonna be. I don't know what the solution is, but we can't have the rock being two days. We just can't. The week is the week is very long. It needs to it needs to fucking shorten. The, the rock can't be two days. I'm gonna scream it from the rooftops. It needs to go back to one day. <laughs> so I think what needs to happen. Like, for instance, the class has 15 riders. I'm pretty sure they go, like, three racks of five, and then we'll give them a semifinal. Just go two racks of eight and seven, take top four out of each in the trans- two-moto transfer and go straight to a main. You eliminate you eliminate another moto and a semi. Yes. And two semi. You need to do that. You, they need to change the format of how they group riders, and that's a way to do it without – because obviously USABNX makes a lot of money with opens and whatever, all those classes. So that would be a way to not change any of that. Like they still make the same amount of money and you just shorten the moto counts. I think it's a very logical and and realistic uh, solution. Sounds fantastic. Let's send it over. (laughs) Write it up. Yeah, they're not maximizing like every, you know, whatever you call it, like... uh, Every rack of eight. They're not not squishing riders in. Not. And so... That needs to be utilized more. Um, how about we also just, I mean, the rock is in, not an invite, but you need to qualify when I just make less riders qualify. USA BMX less, ain't going to do that. It's less, it's less income. Yeah. I mean, I get it. They're a business, of course. They want to, you know. It's true. Yeah. But and people want to race it too. At the end of the day, people want, everyone wants to race it. So it's not like it's, oh, and- yeah. And I know, like, if anything, I think you need, I think almost more inclusive for the rock would be good. Cause I know some Canadian riders that for, just like couldn't qualify with scheduling stuff. It's, so I, I want people to be able to race the rock because it's a cool race. And if you're in Tulsa and it's two days, especially, like, you don't want to just be chilling for two days, obviously. True. True. But yeah, the, the two day rock can't happen. We can't have it. It's just, like you said, it's just a long week. <laughs> It is just a grind of a five days from practice to the end oh, of Sunday. It's a grind. You can't have the two days. Man. You just can't. It's hard to condition your body for that. Yeah. Even as a parent or as a coach. <laughs> that, needs, <laughs> that needs to shorten big time. Um, another thing that I think we need to get better at in 2023 is your video quality. Somehow you're still not very clear. You're talking to me specifically? Yeah. Is it really? It's not like it's blurry, but it's definitely not like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not. Not 1080p? No, it's not 1080. You're looking like 540. You know what? I don't know why. It's definitely not like your lens either because you can tell it's everything. Yeah, I noticed earlier it was a little blurry and I I don't have an answer. I don't know why. It's a new MacBook and the internet's fast. I I don't know. There was this package at Costco of all places because Costco is just unbelievable. You buy this little package and it gives you like a mic and a camera and maybe something else, but it's for like obviously Zooms or YouTubes or 
podcasting. I don't know. It's a little crazy, but you know, that's just the way the world is. It's pretty nuts. So it's a higher quality camera than obviously the MacBook would come with. Great question. I would hope so. I would hope if you're buying a separate camera, it would be, but it still doesn't sound worth it. Your MacBook is fine. It's got to be something with the zoom. Is there a way to connect something to your phone and just, I mean, I'm zooming on my phone right now. Like that's, I know I, I could do that. I could just do that. I'm on my MacBook. It's just, it's easier to, to sit here with the, with the MacBook. I agree. Do this too. Do we need but, to improve our audio quality? Do you think like, do we need to start getting you like a mic and then do we need to do the thing where you record on your end and then you upload the file kind of thing? Or do we need to start doing that? I don't really think so, but maybe people can let us know if they really think we need to. <laughs> or like when I'm on the road, I think I need to find a better solution for my uh, audio on the road because I don't think the Bose headphones really are that great. I've tried all my headphones and I think the sound quality is best like this without anything that I found because I've listened back to the episodes. I use my AirPods and my um, like Bose headphones or whatever I have. And the quality isn't that good compared to, compared to just talking to the laptop. It's yeah. weird. Sorry. I just, so, I just giggled because Sean, our boy, Sean Collins in the chats is like, yeah, T is not clear at all. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry guys. It's fine. Um, uh, what was I saying? What was I saying? Sound quality. Sound quality. Yeah. Is it easy to do that? to to how do how do i record on my end and because i know like the barstool podcasts do that where they all they're none of them are ever together but they all record on their own mics and then they have a mixer guy obviously who just blends the audio together i don't know how simple that is i mean i could if i had the audio files it'd be very easy and that then we would actually have to do the clap or the clap would help to get the initial sound of everybody cool i just need the mics we have at your house right? those mics stink we're not using those dude Oh, the USB. Those, the USB those mics, I'd rather hear your computer voice, I think. Which, oh, really? That's what I mean. Like, it's so clear, and it is great I audio. I feel like when we did it before the laptop, it was good, no? I, I think, personally, I think they're janky. I just think, well, like, the amount that they, they bring in and then the amount they don't hear is just, like, your computer does just as well, which is crazy to think about. But uh, your computer is also, like, $1,500, and those microphones were about $50, so. <laughs> yeah, it was a $50 Amazon buy. I mean, what do you <laughs> I remember we got these. We were like, these are fucking sick. Dude, we're so pro right now. <laughs> yeah, okay, so yeah, I think maybe our New Year's resolution. I'll, yeah, we need to get need to get some mics. Yeah. Maybe. We'll see. It's, you know, we're just throwing spitballing ideas out there. Maybe we get a and mic sponsor. Who knows? And welcome to, welcome to our end, our weekly board meeting. That's what we do. <laughs> it happens on the show. Um, anything else that could have been better in 2023? I thought, you know what I thought actually what I thought was really good. I thought the live streams of the World Cups were good. Great, great one. I think they were too. Yeah, I think that was awesome. And I think generally the USA BMX ones for the pros were good because they they followed it. Although for the amateurs, a lot of time it was crap because it was just mounted. Yes, which that happens. Yeah, I think that sucked. But for the pros, it was like legitimately really easy and good to watch and follow. For the amateur mains, do they do it any differently? I can't remember. And that's why I asked because I never watched any of them. I feel like sometimes yes, sometimes no. Yeah, I thought it was hit or miss. But I do like I agree that the the USA ones and UCI both were great feeds for everybody. Yeah, I feel like sometimes they follow the M's and some races they didn't. Like I feel like Louisville they didn't. But I got I got another thing we can improve on. Uh-huh. You will like this one: the times of the World Cups, making it more accessible for people in North America and Europe. That has to happen too. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's something we can change now. They probably have times. They're probably scheduled in advance already, but that's something that needs to change. I think. Only at a couple that, of them. There's only a couple that were like that. Yeah, that would be, I think, best. Yeah. 
All right, so we got two uh, some stories from the grandstands. Let's do it. So stories from the grandstands, new little segment. I think we'll probably try out maybe for just this show. Maybe we'll do some others in the future, but we just asked uh, asked everyone online to send us in a little email if they had a funny story from the year. Um, we got like a good handful of them. So thanks to everyone that did send one in. Um, how many do you want to read off? We've been going for like an hour. These, you know, I have to read through a couple of these. So it might take a few minutes. I think I didn't read the, I didn't get a chance to read the last couple. So I'm going to read the first one and then you read the other one we're going to show. Okay. Go for it. Who's the first one from? All right. Young Harrison from Great Britain. Okay. So my story isn't from this year, but one year we had a national. So it's not from this year, but it's a good story. So we had a national in the UK, which was in Kent, which is about four and a half hour drive away from us. My parents have always said they'll drive me anywhere, but I have to organize the registration and camping. As we're about three hours into the drive, I checked the registration list and don't see my name on there, which made me realize I forgot to register for racing. Understandably, my parents were less than impressed and made me stay for the weekend and watch the racing. I've never missed another registration. <laughs> Talk about an elite parenting move. Still being an hour from the, you know, fuck it, we're going and you're going to watch. This yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to sit through and just realize how much you fucked up and just the whole time you're watching. That's <laughs> just the classic parent thing. Like, well, how, you, how else are you going to learn? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Got to learn from your mistakes. And hey, like you said, he hasn't missed a sign up since. That's that's smart, smart parenting move. Can you imagine my dad if I would have done that when I was younger? Oh my God, he would have been livid at you. You idiot. He would have killed me. You would have been getting out of the car and walking to the race. They would have been driving home. He would have said, get your own ride home. That's exactly what would have happened. (laughs) Oh, that would have been all time. Good story. I like it. Um, Are we doing two or three? Sorry. Are we going to do? Yes, do three. Three of them. Okay, because this one's a little longer. Um, Oh, we can rip through it probably. This one's from Scott Wire. And the team he's on, Albie's BMX. Um, he's like, I'm known for being a talker. So this is this is him now. I'm known for being a talker, so I'll try to keep it short. Uh, it's the Sunday after Akron Stars and Stripe Mains. Another Albie, Albies. Is that how you say the team? Yeah. Albies. Albies rider and himself are headed home from in the van from the weekend. What a great weekend of racing. Lots of sun, fun, and had a whatever. Uh, had the chance to meet uh, the one and only Palm Daddy. That was great getting to meet him. That was awesome. And a few others, including Carly Kane, Carly whom through work I had spoke to on the phone, but I never actually met her. Pretty rad weekend all along, all around. Anyways, the reason I mentioned Carly is the next week she is set to do clinics in Michigan at a few local tracks. Was a chance I'd see her the next week just by chance? Well, I thought that chance came earlier. Driving up the freeway, let me just set an imagery for you. In an all-white plain van with two guys right in it. Nice. Uh, I see a car full of stuff, and as I pass the car, I say to the guy, dude, that was Carly. What are the odds? She must be headed to Michigan to do those clinics. So I slow the van down so as she would drive drive back past us. And like the goofball, I hang hang out the window slightly and wave like a total fanboy, only to realize it wasn't Carly. <laughs> That's a good Wait, one. I think, we've all, I think we've all done that where we've gone up to someone and just thought it was someone else. And then just like, oh, fuck. You just feel like the biggest jackass at that moment. It's tough. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so here's one from uh, Michaela. 
So at our local track, one of the guys placed a bet of $1,000. The bet was that my brother Riley had to beat one of the older cruiser dads, but the catch was he only got one pedal out of the gate and the cruiser dad could pedal as much as he wanted to. So the race went down to the local practice. Everyone stopped and surrounded the track, waiting as the two of them got in the gate. $1,000 on the line? That's pretty. That's a big bet. <laughs> the guy who made the bet was recording the whole thing. And so the race went on, and the cruiser dad was winning, of course. But Riley ended up passing him going to the second corner, and was, which was quite early because our local track is fairly long, and most passes tend to happen in the last two straights. Everyone was screaming with excitement. Riley ended up crossing the line first, and that meant he won $1,000 fair and square. But the guy who placed the bet was quite upset because it didn't go how he expected it all. He even tried to say Riley took an extra pedal, which he didn't. Well, sounds like this guy is just very shady, one. <laughs> Isn't paying what he owes, too. And, you know, this is this is these are people that bookies knock on the door with a sledgehammer with. <laughs> it's true. Dude, what a bet to make a thousand bucks on a race like that. That'd be a lot of fun. If you have the money to put that much money on a race, dude, it'd be awesome. But holy smokes, yeah, I'd be nervous as hell. And by the sound of it, the guy didn't pay up. So I, if I was Riley, I'd be pissed. I'm thinking, no, I'm thinking he paid up. I'm thinking he paid up, but he wasn't happy about it. Oh, yeah, I guess they didn't say he didn't pay up. So yeah. maybe he did. I don't, maybe we, he did pay up. Okay, fair. I, you know, I take my words back. If he paid up, he paid up. We almost there, but that's pretty epic. Thousand, when's the last time you heard somebody betting a thousand bucks on a BMX race? Not often. That's a lot of money to bet on something so unpredictable. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Not like my, I mean, most sports bets are a little unpredictable, but you have odds, so it feels better. You have, feel like you have a better chance. This, you just going straight up like that. Your odds aren't like super high. That reminds me of the Sylvan Laura. Big yawn. The Sylvan Laura no pedal race in Delostero a few years ago. That was a low-key underrated super moment in our sport. That was, yeah. That was that was electric. I think we still have it on Coffee Chatter, don't we? Yeah, we do. It's in the stories, in the uh, archive stories thing up the top there. You need people, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's pretty epic. So we really need to do some more takeovers on Instagram. We stopped. Yeah, we haven't done those for a while. We haven't done those in a while. A hot- <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we need to do those. But those are our emails. Those are our, what do we call it? That was our stories from the grands. Those are are stories from the grandstands. I like it. We need a little intro, but uh, thanks to the uh, the other few people that sent in, Mark, JT. Uh, Appreciate you guys sending stuff in. So 2020 year, another great year. Our sport always delivers. So 2023, should we make make a bold prediction for 2023? What do you think? Oh, shit. A bold prediction. All right, let's do it. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. This is me thinking on the spot, not what I'm good at. So you have to go first. Kai White becomes world champion. Oh, nice one. You know what? Maybe I should stay on that that theme. I want to stay on the theme. I, this isn't bold because you said that, but Zoe, Zoe Klassens becomes world champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I could see it. Sure. I could see that too, but I want something different. Let me, let me try to think of something quickly, quickly. Hmm, top of my head. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, okay, okay, okay. No, I don't want to do that one. Press conferences are are filmed live on YouTube for all the fans all around and coffee chatties. The chatties go wild for us. <laughs> Love it. Let's go. Yeah. Come on. All right, those are our bold predictions. We got any more? Any other, any other bold? I don't think so. Um this isn't bold, but I think this is standard. I think more countries, or sorry, more tracks around the country, more tracks around the world, all set up Pro Gate Europe at their track because they've been listening to us talk. They get tired of us hearing 
us talk about progate Europe's and how good they are. And they're like, you know what? We need a new gate. So I'm finally just going to actually spend a little money, get something of good quality. that's going to last me a good amount of time. They go get a progate Europe. It's finally going to happen for a lot of tracks. Thanks to all your listeners. We appreciate all our coffee chatter listeners this year in 2022 podcast grew quite a bit. Dude, we're coming up on half a million plays. How about that? Dude, it's I crazy. Checked. We're getting close to half a million. So we'll make it to a million in, in the future, obviously. But yeah, thanks to everyone for listening and support. We really appreciate it. We we count the views, like the the listens, the views we get on YouTube, right? To towards that number when we say that, like we should be adding that, right? We should be, but yeah, I didn't even think of that. So we're actually over, we're over half a million, yeah. Because I haven't even, yeah, I didn't actually consider the YouTube views, which we should. We'll have to we we'll have to give a little number update to our figure it out soon. But yeah, we have a lot and a lot of. Oh yeah, we would be over. Yeah, we're over half a million listens now. This is a little late too in the show to say it, but thanks to everyone that sent us a message about the bubble podcast. I mean, I, I think there were a lot of great reviews from it. A lot of people loved it. And then he did oh as my well. God, I've, got, I've gotten so many texts and people saying that they just love the show. Yeah. So really cool. Really cool. All right, guys. Well, 2022, our next podcast is next. We're not going to see you guys till next year. <laughs> we'll be those people. Well, see you guys uh, next year. <laughs> It'll be the new year. We haven't had a podcast since last year. Yeah, shit, eh? Wow, it's been forever. (laughs) All right, folks, have a safe and happy new year. Wish you all a healthy 2023. Don't forget, uh, snap on green, everybody. Snap on green. Well, what's this friggin' podcast all about? I don't get it, man. Coffee chatter? Get off my back, guys. <laughs> you have to be fast in the truck. I hate that guy. <laughs>